We're in our Judges of Israel series, and we're going to now look at the life of Abimelech. Now, we're just going to do a quick overview of his life. He does have, I think it's 57 verses in chapter 9 about him, plus a couple in chapter 8. Uh, but we're just going to cram it all into one night tonight. Uh, we're not going to stretch out the study on Abimelech. I do think that there are a few things we can learn from his life and from the decisions he made uh, that can help us today. So uh, where are we at on the timeline of judges then? So Gideon judged from around, uh, and these are my estimates here, 1187 to 1147 B.C. Uh, so that would be 40 years. We know it, the Bible tells us it's 40 years. That, that time frame is my estimate. Uh, we are not told of any time in between Gideon's reign ending, the 40 years there of peace during Gideon's time. We're not told of any time between then and Abimelech. Uh, so we just assume that he steps up right after. Now we see that Abimelech, we'll, we'll at least see tonight that Abimelech then it reigns for three years. Uh, so let's get right into the uh, overview of Abimelech's life. So who is Abimelech? We're going to first look at his parents. Uh, so look at Judges chapter 8, verse 31. It says in Judges 8, verse 31, And his concubine that was in Shechem, she also bare him a son whose name he called Abimelech. So we're speaking of Gideon here, and uh, he has this concubine that is the mother of Abimelech. So Abimelech's father is Gideon. Uh, we just spent the last six weeks looking at the life of Gideon, and we've seen many great things that God did through Gideon. Uh, Gideon was a man of God who desired to please God, and he desired to obey God. And this allowed God to use him uh, for his work uh, in this area. Gideon would have been a great father, would have been a great role model, would have been someone good to look up to and uh, try to live your life like in that area. Gideon was not perfect, though. Uh, we see that uh, it took a little convincing to believe God's plan in the beginning. But once he believed, though, he was 100% all in. It took a little bit to get him there in the beginning, but once he was in, he was all in. Uh, Gideon also made a mistake after the battle. We talked about it last week. He made that golden ephod, and that was a problem for him. It was a problem for his family and for the entire nation. Uh, so Gideon was not perfect. Uh, no one is perfect. No one on earth is perfect, I should say. Uh, so that fact alone, not being, having a father that is not perfect, does not give Abimelech any excuses to make the choices uh, that we're going to look at tonight that he makes. Now, the last thing I want to consider uh, when thinking about Gideon as Abimelech's father is that Gideon did not really make very wise family choices. Uh, look at Judges chapter 8, verse 30. It says, And Gideon had threescore and ten sons of his body begotten, for he had many wives. And his concubine that was in Shechem, she also bare him a son whose name he called Abimelech. Uh, so Gideon had 70 sons. Now, that is just insane to me. I can't even imagine that. That doesn't even talk about how many daughters he had. The 70 sons, that's just crazy. We had two, and we thought, well, that's perfect. Let's, let's just end it. You know, we're good. Two is great. You know, one for each of us. They can't gang up on us. I mean, 70 kids, I mean, they, they, they could cause a mutiny very easily. 
so uh, he had 70 kids uh, or 70 sons. And well, think about that practically, though. Uh, you think Gideon had time to properly raise all of these 70 sons, uh, not to mention all the girls. Now, the Bible says to train up your child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And when speaking of training your child about the commandments of God, it says in Deuteronomy 6, 7, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. You're supposed to teach your children the commandments of God. Now, do you think that Gideon had time to teach 70 boys plus how many ever girls that he had? Did he have enough time in the day to teach all of these children the commands of God? Probably not. Uh, Also consider... Uh, that in Judges 8.30, it also says that Gideon had many wives. Again, I don't understand that one either. Uh, do you think the effect, what do you think the effect would have been on all the children that Gideon had all these wives and there was all these, uh, you know, half-brothers and, and everything all over the place? Uh, then in verse 31, it says that Gideon also had a concubine. Uh, these things show that Gideon probably did not make the most wise decisions when it came to his family. But again, does any of that give excuse uh, to Abimelech for the choices that he will make? No. Uh, let's now consider Abimelech's mother. Abimelech's mother is a concubine. We read that in verse 31 of chapter 8 there. Uh, Abimelech's mother and father were not properly joined together in a way that God approves of. Abimelech's mother was not even counted as one of the many wives that it says in verse 30, uh, uh, wives of Gideon there. Uh, she was set aside in a, in a different way um, in Gideon's life. And so this probably all plays a part in the path that Abimelech chooses, and, and we'll see some connection there. Uh, but again, this is not an acceptable excuse to make some bad decisions. Uh, so this is the background of Abimelech. Uh, this is his family and how he grew up. Abimelech was one of 70 sons of the judge of Israel. Uh, his parents probably did not interact all that well. Uh, if they interacted all, uh, all that much at all, we don't know. Uh, his father probably did not have enough time to train him up in the ways of the Lord like a father is supposed to. Uh, that is Abimelech's upbringing. And that's how he grew up. Uh, so now let's look at how Abimelech becomes a ruler. First, we need to see the condition of the hearts of the people of Israel. So let's look at Judges chapter 8, verse 33, and consider the heart of the people of Israel. It says in verse 33, And it came to pass, as soon as Gideon was dead, that the children of Israel turned again and went a-whoring after Balaam, and made baal Berith their god. And the children of Israel remembered not the Lord their god, who had delivered them out of the hands of all their enemies, on every side, neither showed they kindness to the house of Jerubbabel, namely Gideon, according to all the goodness which he had showed unto Israel. So Israel again left God. They left the one true God and started following the false god Baal again. Uh, Israel forgets all about God. Uh, it even reminds us in these verses that it was God that protected them, God that saved them from their enemies, from all sides of them. Uh, Israel was ungrateful towards God and all that God did for them. Uh, Israel's also ungrateful for all that Gideon did for them. 
Gideon risked his life in battle. Uh, he led them into war. He gave up his own time and his own life to be the leader for them and be a judge for them. Uh, he led them as he followed God. In verse 35, it said, All the goodness which he showed unto Israel. Gideon did all these great things and showed all this kindness to Israel. And Israel just says, yeah, whatever, no big deal. We don't really care. Uh, Israel is ungrateful for Gideon. And worse yet, they are ungrateful towards God. So this is where Israel is spiritually right now before Abimelech becomes ruler. I believe if their hearts were right with God, if they were close to God, Abimelech would have never became ruler. Uh, Abimelech then conspires with the men of Shechem. Let's look at chapter 9, starting in verse 1. And Abimelech, the son of Jerubal, went to Shechem unto his mother's brethren and communed with them and with all the family of the house of his mother's father, saying, Speak, I pray you, in the ears of all the men of Shechem, whether it is better for you either that all the sons of Jerubal that... Uh, which are threescore and ten persons reign over you, or that one reign over you. Remember also that I am your bone and your flesh. And his mother's brethren spake of him in the ears of all the men of Shechem, all these words, and their hearts inclined to follow Abimelech, for they said he is our brother. So Abimelech here, he comes up with this uh, plan. He comes up with a plan to push himself up in popularity in a scheme to become the king of the people. Uh, Abimelech gets his mother's family, uh, which are people who live in Shechem. He gets them on his side and he starts rumors about how if they don't make him a king over them, then the 70 sons of Gideon would all each be kings over them. Uh, but this was never the plan, though. Uh, Gideon himself said in Judges 8.23, it says in that verse, And Gideon said unto them, I will not rule over you, neither shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. So it was never God's plan to begin with. Uh, Gideon knew God's plan was not to have him or his sons rule over Israel, and that God himself would be the ruler of Israel. So Abimelech then gets men of Shechem on board with the with this idea and by pushing the fact that uh, their family, these 70 uh, brothers of his, would all become rulers of him, which is just made up. Uh, the, the rest of Gideon's children are not going to uh, be their ruler. It was never the plan. And also, uh, the, the, the rest of his brothers are not men of Shechem. They're not related to Shechem at all. And Abimelech is, and he uses that. Uh, to his advantage in this situation. Next, we see that Abimelech commits a wicked act. Look at verse 4. And they gave him threescore and ten pieces of silver out of the house of Baal, Bareth, wherewith Abimelech hired vain and light persons which followed him. And he went unto his father's house at Ophrah and slew his brethren, the sons of Jerubal, being threescore and ten persons upon one stone, Notwithstanding, yet Jotham, the youngest son of Jerubal, was left, for he hid himself. So first, Abimelech takes money from these men of Shechem, and then he hires these people to follow him and basically do what he says. Uh, Abimelech pays for followers here. He pays for people 
uh, to work for him and to follow him. Uh, this would be kind of an unthinkable thing to do if, if you found out that someone you liked is just paying the people that like him, they would become a lot less likable, right? So uh, this is not a very common thing to do. It, it's kind of an unthinkable thing to do. Now, uh, you know, nowadays people pay for that all the time. Uh, you see on social media that people pay for followers. Uh, you can just put in $5 and boom, all of a sudden you have 50 new followers. Uh, you, you see it in businesses as well. They pay so much money to get people to say that they like them. Uh, and then all of a sudden you think you like them now too. Uh, we even see it in politicians and even in our own nation. Uh, but before uh, all of that, if you were caught doing these kind of things, it was considered a very bad policy. It was considered probably shady business. Uh, people wouldn't respect you if you did this. Uh, Abimelech was kind of ahead of his time here. Now it just, it just happens and nobody thinks about it. But back then, Abimelech was kind of ahead of his time for paying for these followers here. Uh, then they all go, Abimelech and these people he paid, uh, all go with Abimelech to kill his brothers, except for Jotham, uh, who hides. So I guess they couldn't count to 70 because they missed one, uh, and they didn't realize he was hiding. Uh, we won't read uh, this passage, but if you were to read verses 7 through 21, you will see that Jotham uh, proclaims through a parable a curse on Abimelech for the wickedness that he does, for, for basically for killing all of his family. Um, you can read that uh, maybe later this week. It's verses 7 through 21. Uh, but moving forward, Abimelech is now proclaimed king by the men of Shechem. Look at verse 6. And all the men of Shechem gathered together in all the house of Milo and went and made Abimelech king by the plain of the pillar that was in Shechem. Uh, so notice that here they, they make Abimelech king, or they say he's king. They proclaim him as king. But notice that no one stopped to ask God what he thought about all of this. Uh, none of them thought to ask God what God's plan was. No one consulted with God at all, and this is probably because they didn't really care about God. Uh, any time that you create a plan, any time we create a plan and we go marching ahead into this plan without consulting God first, we're going to find ourselves outside of God's will. Uh, we are going to find ourselves displeasing to God. We're probably going to end up finding ourselves in trouble. We must go to God before we make a plan and, and not after. Not Don't just go to God after you make a plan and our plan's all done and we say, God, are you okay with my plan? We need to go to God before we even make the plan. Uh, we need to go to God first and ask him what his plan is and ask him to help show us his plan and help us follow his plan, not our plan. No one in Shechem went to God. No one cared about God or God's plan. They just decided on their own by some persuasion of Abimelech to try to just make Abimelech king. Uh, so this leads me to we're, we're in a study of the judges of Israel, right? So we're looking at Abimelech tonight. So was Abimelech a judge of Israel? You can actually go online and see that some people say he is, um, it, but that's not very common. Uh, Abimelech was not a judge of Israel. Uh, so why are we studying his life then? Well, I believe that his life plays a big part of the history of Israel during the time of Judges. So we need to at least take a quick look at it. 
Uh, so why is Abimelech not considered a judge? Well, a judge was specifically picked by God to lead the people. And, and this is not like a king ruling over the people. A judge would determine if the people, uh, if what the people are doing is according to God's word and God's plan. Judges also get the word uh, from God and the plan from God, and they fulfill God's plan as God leads them and as they lead the people. Uh, so a judge leads as he follows God, and a judge judges if the people are being obedient to God. Abimelech did none of this. Uh, Abimelech was not a judge, but his time is still important, at least for us to look at. So Abimelech's not a judge. So was Abimelech the first king of Israel? Uh, Again, I say no. Uh, We see that the people of Shechem call him king and they proclaim him as king. Uh, But just because you say something does not make it true. Uh, I can say that I'm the king of America and I can try to get all of you guys. Maybe I'll pay you to say that I'm the king of America, but that does not make it true. Uh, God did not want a king over Israel at this time. God did not allow kings for Israel during this time that comes later. So what was Abimelech then? He wasn't a judge, in my opinion. He wasn't a king, in my opinion. So what I consider Abimelech is an illegitimate ruler for Israel. He's an illegitimate ruler for Israel. That's what I consider him. Uh, God is the one who has authority to choose who will get to rule over Israel. And God is the only one who can determine how they are allowed to rule. Uh, In this time of Israel, uh, this is the way that God chose to use judges. Uh, God wanted to use judges in this time. God did not pick Abimelech to be judge over Israel. He didn't pick Abimelech to be a king or a ruler or anything. Um, it was a selfish desire of Abimelech, and then he talked the people into joining this selfish desire. They thought that they were doing a good thing for themselves because he was somewhat their brother because of his mother being from that area. He talked them into that selfish desire, and that is what put Abimelech as ruler of Israel. This, in my opinion, makes Abimelech an illegitimate ruler over Israel. Uh, so how did Abimelech rule then? Uh, what actually happened during his time in Shechem? Uh, there is not much specifically recorded about the way he ruled during those years. Um, we see uh, a lot more of it towards the end of his time. Look at verse 22. This is chapter 9, verse 22. It says, When Abimelech had reigned three years over Israel. So we don't get to hear anything about the three years there. We're just coming in at the end of the three years here. Uh, all we really know is that somehow he stayed in this position that he basically talked himself into for three years at this point. And so I believe that some of the next events give us evidence as to what kind of guy Abimelech is and how he made decisions. Uh, Let's pick up reading in verse 23. Then God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the men of Shechem, and the men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech, that the cruelty done to the threescore and ten sons of Jerubal might come. And their blood be laid upon Abimelech, their brother, which slew them, and upon the men of Shechem, which aided him in the killing of his brethren. And the men of Shechem set liars in wait for him in the top of the mountains. So the men of Shechem here, 
uh, were just three years prior to this, uh, they were uh, trying to put this guy in as king. And now they're completely against him. And they're looking for a way to get him out of there. Uh, there had to be a reason for this. Uh, in verse 23, we see first uh, that God allowed them to be against Abimelech. Uh, we know that there must have been reasons for this. The way that Abimelech ruled was not according to God because God didn't put him there. Uh, so we know that he did not deal properly with the people. And this led them into, uh, you know, did not lead them into peace and happiness uh, that other rulers of Israel had done. At the end of all of the other judges that we've looked at, they had years of peace, uh, but not with Abimelech here. Look at verse 26. And Gael, the son of Ebed, came with his brethren and went over Shechem, and the men of Shechem put their confidence in him. So we see that most of the men of Shechem have abandoned Abimelech now and are planning to fight against him. Not all of them. There are a few that are still with, uh, with, with Abimelech because in verse 25, they're still informing him of things that are going on. So there's still got to be some with him, but there's uh, at least a lot of them are now trying to go against him. Uh, so Shechem is divided at this point. Uh, there must have been something, uh, some that still followed Abimelech, but for the most part, it's a divided area now. The people are divided. Uh, after uh, this, uh, this all tells us that being in charge, uh, Abimelech being in charge and ruling for three years, uh, it, it did not go well. The nation is now divided. This shows that the leadership is not the best that it could have been. And, and because of his leadership, uh, these people are all divided. He was not concerned about God or God's plan as a leader. And this is why things ended up so bad for him. Uh, look at verse 29. And would to God this people were under my hand, then would I remove Abimelech. And he said to Abimelech, increase thine army and come out. And when Zerubbabel, the ruler of the city, heard the words of Gael, the son of Ebed, his anger was kindled. Uh, so now there's a huge mess. Everyone is uh, in chaos at this point, and we're on the edge of a war here. Uh, everybody's kind of going in different directions. Look at verse 39. And Gael went out before the men of Shechem and fought with Abimelech, and Abimelech chased him and fled before him, and many were overthrown and wounded even unto the entering of the gate. And Abimelech dwelt at uh, Aramith, and Zerubbabel thrust Gael and his brethren that they should not dwell in Shechem. Uh, so we see now that there is a war started in the area of Shechem. Uh, Zubal is the ruler of the city of Shechem here, and he's not happy with Abimelech, and he's not uh, also not happy with Gale. Uh, Abimelech left to hide and uh, wait for Gale's army. Then Zubal throws out Gale and his army. So again, this is this is chaos. There's there's uh, people uh, switching sides all over the place here. Uh, Shechem is the very reason Abimelech was in the position of ruler. Uh, Shechem wanted them to be him to be king of their area, and so uh, they they were on his side in the beginning, and now they don't want him, and so they joined his uh, enemy, and now they don't want his enemy either. Uh, so the very town that Abimelech was ruling from is a mess. Uh, things are out of control. There's complete chaos. 
this shows us how uh, bad of a leader Abimelech was. Now skip down to verse 46. It says, And when all the men of the tower of Shechem heard that, they entered into an hold of the house of the god of Berith. And it was told Abimelech that all the men of the tower of Shechem were gathered together. And Abimelech got him up to the Mount Zalman, he and all the people that were with him. And Abimelech took an axe in his hand and cut down a bough from the trees and, it, and took it and laid it on his shoulder and said unto the people that were with him, What ye have seen me do, make haste and do as I have done. And all the people likewise cut down every man his bow and followed Abimelech and put them to the hold and set the hold on fire upon them so that all the men of the tower of Shechem died also about a thousand men and women. So the men of Shechem now hide in this city tower and Abimelech, the the great guy he is, he goes and he burns it down and he kills about a thousand of them. Again, this is just showing us the type of ruler Abimelech was. Uh, Abimelech, in my opinion, was a disaster. Everything went terrible. Uh, the people in, in the city that, that, that once loved him so much that were on his side, uh, then they were on his enemy's side, and now they're on no one's side, and then Abimelech takes and he kills them. Uh, the, the, the same people that said that you are my brother and you should be our king three years ago, he's now killing these people. Uh, Abimelech was a terrible leader, and the people suffered because of this. Uh, We see throughout the Bible and even history when a group of people are led by a great leader that is following God and following God's will and God's plan, things are great and things are mostly peaceful. Uh, We see that in the judges uh, that we've already looked at as they followed God, uh, they got a time of peace. Uh, I think that this shows us that we need to be more picky. Uh, We need to consult with God and not compromise on who it is that is leading us. I I think that a lot of times most of us Christians don't like to talk about this because it gets too political. Uh, We're talking about um, who's in charge of us and who's in charge of our nation, our our governors, our representatives, our senators, our president. It matters who is in charge. Uh, We need to pray over these things. We need to seek God's will. And then we need to go out and actively uh, be a part of the process We need to go out and vote for who God says should be the leader. We also need to be a little bit less shy about what God tells us in his word. Uh, If if a candidate goes against something in God's word, we need to be a little less shy and and speak out against it. Let people know so that they don't vote for a guy that is not who God wants to be there. Uh, We also need to seek God's will for who's in charge of us spiritually as well, we can't just let anyone take charge of our spiritual life. Uh, this means um, everything from pastors and teachers, spiritual leaders, anybody we listen to uh, on a spiritual basis, even if we're clicking on the radio in the car, we need to be picky about who we hear and what they're teaching. We need to make sure it goes with the Word of God and is accurate and good. Uh, we need people in those positions in our life because they're going to These positions are what's going to help us grow spiritually or help 
uh, or cause us to not grow spiritually. So we need people in these positions that God has chosen, that God wants there, uh, people that are trying to be in the will of God and be obedient to him. And that will allow us to freely worship God and to grow spiritually. Uh, we can see that the children of Israel uh, did not do well at this time. The people of Shechem did not do well under Abimelech. And this is probably not the kind of life that they would have wanted. Uh, if they would have known all of this up front, if the people of Shechem would have known all of this would have happened up front, they would not have pushed so hard to get Abimelech ruler. They wouldn't have paid for him to uh, do all of this to get into this position. Uh, the people did not have peace at this time. Uh, they did not have the kind of uh, life that they could have had. Uh, they were not people that were close to God. Uh, and it's all because uh, they uh, allowed this guy to be their leader. This was not a good time for them. So now I want to look at the end of Abimelech. Uh, we'll pick up reading in verse 52. And Abimelech came unto the tower and fought against it and went hard unto the door of the tower to burn it with fire. And a certain woman cast a piece of a millstone upon Abimelech's head and to break, to break his skull. And he called hastily to the young man, his armor bearer, and said unto him, Draw thy sword and slay me, that the men say not of me, a woman slew him. And his young man thrust him through, and he died. And when the men of Israel saw that Abimelech was dead, they departed every man unto his place. Thus God rendered the wickedness of Abimelech, which he did unto his father, and slaying his seventy brethren. And all the evil of the men of Shechem did God render upon their heads, and upon them that came the curse of Jotham, uh, the son of Jerubal. And again, that curse, you can read that in verses 7 through uh, 21, I believe it is. Uh, Abimelech, he's a dishonest guy. Uh, he's dishonest even in his death here. Uh, Abimelech had no concern with doing right and good and being honest. He manipulated people to get into power uh, and to try to stay in power. And even in his death, he's being dishonest. Uh, Abimelech does not die gracefully or respectfully or peacefully. A, a woman threw a millstone on his head and then his own armor bearer, who he asked, took the sword and killed him. Uh, we see uh, that when Israel had leaders that God picked uh, in charge and they followed God's will and God's uh, plan for them, uh, that those leaders uh, died peacefully. And they died in a good old age, the Bible often says. And the land and the people were at peace at the time of their death as well. Uh, this is not the case for Abimelech at all. And this is because he was going against the will of God. He was fighting against God. Uh, we see in his death that his wickedness was paid for. It was the consequence that his death is part of the consequence of his wickedness. Uh, look at verse 56 again. Thus God rendered the wickedness of Abimelech, which he did unto his father, and slaying his seventy brethren. Uh, God considered this wickedness taken care of now. Render means to turn back to the beginning. Uh, the Bible does say that your sins will find you out. Uh, there is consequences for all our actions, whether we do good actions, good choices, or bad ones. Uh, there will be consequences for that, and there will be consequences for the sin in our life. Uh, we also see that the wickedness of Shechem was taken care of now, too. In verse 57, it says that. Uh, remember that there were 
wicked men and people in Shechem that put Abimelech into this position. They even helped pay for the people that went with Abimelech to kill the 70 sons of Gideon. This is all wickedness, and they paid a great price for it. This all could have been avoided, though, if those men would have first sought out the will of God. If they would have consulted with God about all of this in the beginning, it could have been avoided. Now, I felt like it was a little different for me focusing on a guy that is not a role model. Uh, focusing on what, uh, if I was talking to my kids, I would call this guy a bad guy. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's a bad guy here. He's, he's not a role model. He's not someone we want to live up to. Uh, but I believe that we can still learn from his mistakes and apply those lessons in our own life. Uh, Abimelech was selfish. We see he made selfish decisions. Uh, he pushed himself uh, up to a place that didn't belong to him because that's what he wanted. And he got other people to follow his selfish plan as well. Abimelech also manipulated people. He was very dishonest. And all of these things uh, are things that God warns us about in his word. We've seen that Abimelech made choices without consulting God. He probably didn't care about what God's opinion was, but obviously we do. We need to keep that in mind. Uh, this turned out terrible for Abimelech. Uh, we also seen that the men of Shechem uh, went forward with a plan and they never asked God about it. Again, probably because they didn't care, but this also turned out very bad. We need to make sure that we go to God before we make any plans, before we make any decisions at all. Uh, nothing is too small for God. Every little thing we can go to God about and we should go to God about. Uh, we'll be in a better position if we do. Uh, we will never regret going to God first. Uh, we will be better off. We will have a much easier time staying in the will of God. Maybe life won't be perfect because this is still earth and this is still life. Uh, but we will have a much easier time staying in the will of God and following the plan that God has for us if we go to God first. Uh, there will be consequences for our choices and our actions. Uh, we will have a much easier time avoiding punishment and consequences for bad decisions if we always go to God before doing anything. So if we learn anything tonight about Abimelech, remember to go to God first. Let's pray.